This is Jam Space with Zach Cry. I'm Zach Cry, and I want to let you guys know that this Friday, July 23rd, we got Planet Mammoth Presents the Outer Space Showcase Volume 2 live at the Yucca Tap Room in Tempe, Arizona, featuring Hoven Weep, Lucifer, my band Who Do I Kill, and Stone Witch. It's going to be a stoner doom desert banger. Be sure to come out if you're out here in Phoenix. My guest today is Trey, and I want to say his last name is Alfaro, but it might be Alfaro. Um, I know I've known Trey for a while. I just never figured out how to pronounce his last name. He's a great guy. He's the drummer for Holy Death Trio out of Austin. They got a lot of cool things going on right now. They're involved in Ripple Fest, Texas. It's going down August seventh at the Texas Ski Ranch in New Braunfels. Um, they just got signed to Blasco's uh, special project on Ripple Music. They got vinyl coming out. They got a kick-ass album coming out. So uh, I wanted to talk to him and, and see how everything's going. Let's get into the episode. Hello? Trey, what's up, brother? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Not too bad. Just having a little coffee. Is today your birthday? No, it's uh, actually on the 25th. It's... Uh next weekend oh i got you yeah yeah i've seen your stories man it's a lot of yingling yeah it was uh i had we were in lafayette over the weekend and uh i was like you know what i'm gonna stock up so get prepped out for my birthday because like yinglings will be had how old are you gonna be 33 nice (laughs) yeah man the age so nice they named it twice (laughs) there you go (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. Uh, it's good to hear from you, man. You uh, too, man. You guys yeah. just played, um, what's that spot down there? The the uh, Freetown Boom Boom Room? Freetown Boom Boom Room. Did you stroke the furry wall? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know I did. Hell yeah. You play that place, you got to stroke the furry wall. Oh, we did that the first time, too. When I played there, man, they had a fucking awesome wing spot right down the street, man. Like hot wings. I don't know if that spot's still there. Did you check it out? Well, I got wings from a, a little tiny food truck right outside the building. Oh, right on. Yeah, right. I think that might have been the same like spot, but in uh, just, that you're talking about, yeah, in just in the food truck. truck. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, it. Trey, man, uh, congratulations on your guys' success with Holy Death Trio and everything you guys are doing, man. I'm so proud of you guys. Man, I appreciate that, dude. No problem, man. Let's get in. I want to talk about you for a little bit. Like I know you've been in the Dallas scene for a long time, man. Let's uh let's get into that a little bit. What's your history in uh, the music scene in Dallas? Um, well, I was in a three-piece punk band that kind of got well known um, right around when my good friend Josh Fleming and I um, were starting to fuss, and we were probably like twenty years old, maybe nineteen. And uh, we got kind of uh, successful over a three-album re- um, release. And um, we made our name around the Dallas scene, went on multiple tours, uh, and that lasted about five years. And this was around 2007, 2008? Uh, it was probably around, yeah, more like between 2009 and um, gotcha. maybe 17, I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and what kind of music was that? Uh, it was uh, it was kind of like a we called it a punk and roll kind of deal. It was pretty punk rock bass, and um, you know our influences were 
like Queens of Stone Age, of course, mm-hmm. uh, the Bronx, um, stuff like that along those lines. Gotcha. Yeah. You um, are one of the, you know, there's a handful of drummers that really are always adding to their kit and just really like, uh, always like buying new shit, man. I see you always adding to your kit, man. That That's a great quality to have in a drummer. Oh, yeah. Um, when you hooked up with John and them and Holy Dead Trio, man, those guys just, you guys all just went to a new level, man. Because I remember watching them with Fat Cats and yeah, <clears throat> with uh, Josh playing drums. And they were cool, man. It was a good show. But now that you're with them, man, you guys are like full, four on the floor, fucking, uh, you know what I mean? Like fucking shifting the fucking third gear and rock and roll. Yeah, man. That's the only way to do it. And so you are in Dallas, and the other guys are. I know. Uh, I think Jonathan lives in like New Braunfels or something, and John's down there in Austin, right? Yeah, we're kind of spread out. We all started in Austin. Uh, I lived in Austin for a year, and that's how I met those guys. But yeah, I moved back to Dallas. Um, probably shouldn't have done that, but I'm in Austin at least once a week to you know play shows or practice or write. And that's. Dude, that takes a fucking work ethic, work ethic to do that, man. Uh, you know, traveling back and forth. And you're in a unique opportunity that you just so happen to work for an airline company. You work for American Airlines, correct? That's correct. Uh, so does that help you out traveling and stuff? Uh, yes and no. Uh, as of late, I really haven't been uh, taking advantage of those benefits because I had to call out a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, for shows and stuff like that um so the rule of thumb is you don't call out and fly on the same day because you know just you can't do that shit that's pretty shitty <laughs> uh, so, um luckily i have uh an old beater that's a it's a volkswagen tdi that gets me like you know 50 to the gallon um that's a good car i've seen it it's nice yeah it, and uh so i put miles on that thing and enjoy the road most of the time so traffic doesn't suck but what is it like five hours between dallas and austin um, uh, back in the day, I would say maybe three years ago, it would, it's a solid three hour drive. Okay. Now getting to Austin traffic starts in Waco and it turns into a four, sometimes a four and a half hour ordeal. Yeah. So, so do you get to share those benefits with your band members? If you guys were to like travel out of town and stuff like that? Yeah. I've been trying to, uh, get them to go to, you know, like a destination show and, and um, fly in and pop in and pop out kind of deal. Um, I can't remember. I think it's John Gibson that he doesn't like to fly. Oh, he doesn't like uh, being on planes, huh? I don't think so. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something that... Yeah, that makes sense. Is, He's really down to earth, you know? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, I've been thinking... Of, I've been wanting to formulate this this triangle, you know, between Phoenix the Austin area and Denver because yeah. these are all like two hour flights between each other. And yeah. if we could set up a sort of home base in every city, just a handful of us bands yeah, that when we flew in, somebody would be there with the equipment, you know? And then when they flew into our city, we returned the favor. Uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That fly. way you can just yeah. fly in with your guitar, man, go in there and play the fucking show and get out of there. You know? Exactly. So I'm trying to uh, put this into action, man. Hopefully we can get it rolling. Well, we'll be in uh, Denver um, 
in a couple of weeks and maybe we could uh, set up some of those contacts and maybe meet some new people and that be that would be fantastic bro and then anybody that comes down here on the phoenix front you know i got everybody taken care of no questions asked absolutely hell yeah uh have you ever played down here in phoenix um i think i played there once i was uh on tour with uh uh i mentioned earlier josh fleming he's um he has van leers going that's his new project that has actually become very successful and it's kind of like alt country um you know texas deal um so he invited me on the road when his drummer was unavailable um for a couple of tours i do remember playing phoenix i can't remember for the life of me what the venue was called um but it was a pretty big uh good sized place and there was a taco shop across the street from it. and i can't remember which one it, huh. what it, what it that could be that could be anywhere out here man yeah <laughs> I that. it was really really good though um huh. but yeah i've played phoenix one time and that's, that's the only thing i remember about it well, brother, this the scene is sparking up again down here, and we'd love to get you down here. There's a there's a festival going on in February called Planet Mammoth, and nice. it's the second one that they've done. And it's got there's a couple of Texas bands coming down, Duel and The Well, and they even got ASG on the bill. So, fucking, when you guys get a chance to come out west, dude, let me know. We'll set some stuff up. Well, heck yeah, man! It sounds like a Sounds a pretty good time. Maybe we could just make it out there for that, do a short run. And we just got a van. Big news. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we got a van um, last week. And uh, right now we're getting it all ready for the road. Um, got new tires put on it, you know, maintenance stuff, you know, oil change, filters, all that good stuff. Whatever and, happened uh, with uh, John's van, man? He had a sweet little uh, thing going on. He got rid of it, though. No, he it's still in the same spot where he left it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, when we were uh, recording, you know, when we were finishing up the record, I, when you were there, actually. Yeah, uh, um, in January. His band died, like, literally in the, in the studio parking lot, and if I can remember correctly, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, that's a killer fucking studio. You guys are working with uh, Charles at Scary American. Yeah, Charles is badass, dude. Uh, so I'm assuming that you do all of your stuff with him. Uh, so far that's, uh, that's that. Yeah. We've recorded with him and the whole record is, you know, pretty consistent on that. And I'm pretty sure we're going to return to him when we start writing a new record. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't, man. It sounds fantastic. That song, the killer dude, it's infectious, bro. It's got an infectious groove and the production is fucking fantastic man y'all's production is like top notch man i appreciate that man it's had a lot of fun writing it and what and even funner time recording it so mm -hmm. yeah man i was uh very happy to to sit in with you guys when i did how did you uh how did you meet up with john um well i was like i said i moved to austin and um i told my wife meg you know man i want to i want to start play music again uh actively you know because I, I moved there for you know the airline and for work and um you know i kind of i kind of put the sit down for a little bit not gonna lie um so i did some session work between um fuss and and uh holy death and i was did tours here and there but so i was talking to meg about getting back into playing 
And um, she's like, well, just go to Open Jam or, you know, post something up on, you know, Austin Musicians Wanted page. They're, that's a, an actual page in Austin. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, a, I'm in that group. <laughs> yeah, so I, I post it up, you know, hey, I'm looking for somebody to, to play with and to jam. I know somebody in the city needs a goddamn drummer. And um, so I met up with John. I think he kind of blew me off for a couple couple weeks, you know, like, hey, man. I uh, like what you're doing. So I went and saw him at Electric Church and with, uh, I think it was Fat Cats. I don't think it was Holy Death yet. Right. Um, and um, Meg and I were with another friend, uh, Allie. And uh, we looked at each other. was like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, uh, because, you know, everybody's just, you know, getting a feel, you know, their own grooves with the, with the heavy tones and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, I do actually. So, we finally got into the jam space, and uh, they sent me the three songs. I think it was Bad Vibes, um, was definitely one of them, and uh, Nuclear Fish Sticks, one uh, John wrote, uh, Gibson wrote, and I think it was another song. I can't remember. There was three songs that I learned pretty quick, and um, yeah, we just all clicked, and it was uh, it was all downhill from there, man. We we clicked it off, and. How is your relationship with Jonathan? Because you guys make up a great rhythm section. Y'all are very tight, but you're but you're spread far apart. So how does that work, man? How did you just click with him, or do you guys really work at it? Because you you're very tight as a rhythm. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. Like, am I going off of you, or are you going off of me? And it kind of like kind of balances itself out, you know, because we. Uh, John's really good about listening to that kick drum and, uh, you know, I'm, he's pretty, uh, I guess punctual with the way he plays his, his bass, you know, he doesn't use a pick, doesn't really finger it. He kind of slaps it a little bit. So yeah, it has a little, he like plays it. it with his thumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so just like, uh, technique like that here and there just kind of, and you guys just kind of clicked right in, huh? Yeah. It was crazy, man. That's awesome, man. It's it's a daunting task to jam with somebody that lives, you know, over three hours away from you. Uh, yeah, I've always kind of clicked in with uh, any bass player that, you know, I can play, you know, pretty good at a good level. I mean, I have no problem, you know, taking a back seat or, you know, you know, just staying in the pocket. I had an opportunity to um, play a show with Day Eater yesterday. Nice. Uh, and the bass player Chris, that dude is a freaking animal as well. So um, you did play with him? I did. Nice. <laughs> Got the call. We uh, I left Lafayette um, about two. Got the call about three, and um, I learned a few of their songs from the drive from Lafayette to uh, straight to the venue to Division Brewery, and. Um, set up played a whole show and um it was crazy i've never done anything like that before that quick um yeah yeah it went well i assume yeah hopefully there's there's video on that somewhere man Um, you guys there's a whole little fucking like uh it's almost like a high school class of of bands coming out of the scene right now you know like with day eater you guys and like uh, Naga Brujo, which everybody's been around for a little bit, but now it's yeah. like now it's like you guys are breaching the surface. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's good to bring bands together that you know 
I don't know. We play shows. We play so many shows and almost oversaturate the market. But you know, right. we like being with our homies and you know all the Austin, San Marcos bands. You know, uh, San Antonio bands. We all are really close with each other, and we kind of just try to take care of each other. And you know, book awesome shows and festivals, mm-hmm. man. That's great, man. And you were talking about it being a little bit oversaturated. I want to talk about that for a second because. Yeah. Um, you know, I I've fantasized about moving to Austin sometimes, man, and it's just like I, I know so many people are flocking over there, dude, and I would just be like one of a million people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, how is that? I mean, it's great that there's so many shows going on, there's so many bands going on. It just mm-hmm. seems like uh from like a a like just a fan standpoint, if I was to go to these shows, there's so many shows to choose from. You guys get good turnouts at your shows all the time. So surprisingly, yes. Um, and I don't know if it's more of the built-in crowds that the venues attracts. Um, we're still killing it in merch. You know, people are very supportive, and um, I think the secret behind that part is you know coming out with fresh designs. You know, oh, yeah. um, and you guys got that down to a T, man. Yeah, and yeah, it's been it's been nice. And John Rosales, I'll give him the credit on that, and uh, finding all these awesome artists and stuff like that, and you know, good deals to print shirts and the quality shirts at that. You know, we don't like heavy tees or anything. So you guys kind of you you hang around a lot of the psych rockers, man. Uh, you you're kind of in the scene with Day Eater and Naga Brujo, just because of. Uh, association you know you guys are all uh john and them are all tight you know but Mm -hmm. your band is more on the stoner side so i'm wondering if like uh it's not so much stoner but it's it's a little it's more foreign floor and straightforward than like some psych rock stuff you know exactly but so i'm wondering are you guys like able to kind of uh mix the scenes in together are you bringing the psych rockers into the stoner world are the stoner bands coming in jam with the psych world how's that working um that's gets a great question and you know i i feel like that's how we we kind of go about doing things um in fact the new the new music that we're coming out with now is is uh something that's really we've really never done before writing uh, especially from a drummer standpoint, I'm adding more of a, a shuffle, kind of like if you you were talking about the killer earlier, uh, when John is going to that bass solo and it's just like do 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 do, and there's a shuffle behind it. Right. Well, yep. we're um, a killer two, which is going to be more of a a Texas shuffle beat. Um, so adding things into heavy rock music that really shouldn't be there like uh like the shuffle it makes you want to kind of dance a little bit for sure but yeah we, just uh blending everybody together doesn't matter what kind of genre you really are you know it's hard to pinpoint stuff like that these days because people are getting super creative with their music yeah um, man i think it's all rock and roll you know it is yeah so Let's talk about um, Blasco and Ripple Music, man. Congratulations on being the first fucking... Uh, it's, it's a special project with Ripple Music because Blasco is handling like special operations, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like special yeah. ops, bro. Uh, exactly. How exciting is that? Man, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a trip. Um, 
I remember the first time uh, uh, Todd from Ripple was, you know, kind of blowing up our messenger. And I was like, dude, John, uh, you, you might want to look at this. And he was like, ah, nah, he's just, nah, we're, whatever. And I was like, no, really, we should probably look into this. And we had a meeting with Todd and, you know, we didn't think it would lead to to this, you know, standpoint where we're at now. And um and it's only just the beginning. Yeah. Um Todd's got, a fantastic guy, man. Oh, he's awesome. Um, yeah. So did he like was he giving you guys pointers like you should do this and this and this, or was he just like kinda into you guys and just filling you out? I think it was more the he was kind of into us and filling us out um, side of things because the first time we talked, I mean, he just wanted us to um, explore the label, think about it and, um, and stuff like that. And now that Blasco's on board uh, and we are honored and lucky enough to be a part of that first project with Blasco. And it's, it's surreal, man. It's, it's really cool. And I'm Have very you thankful. Have meet Blasco? Have I met him? Yeah. No, we we've done a uh, a video Zoom meeting with him before. Um, John is actually in really close contact with Blasco almost on a daily basis. I want to say um, now that's who we you know go for guidance. Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, you know, if we have a serious question about um, anything music industry related, he'll always provide a good advice and good standpoint on everything. I used to work at uh, Concrete Street down there in Corpus Christi, and I set up the stage for Black Label. And uh, I got to sit there and watch them jam from the side of the stage, and I was on Blasco's side of the stage, man. Nice. He kills it with the harmonies, dude, and just fucking killer bass player, dude. And it's so crazy that... Yeah, dude, badass. Oh, yeah, he's killer, dude. I seen him with Zach Sabbath when they came out here to uh, Phoenix, too. I love Zach Sabbath too. And, With Joey, uh, Joey Castillo, bro. I want to be like Joey when I grow up. <laughs> hey, hey, I think I think you're on the right path, bro. Yeah, that dude is literally one of my favorite drummers because you know he, he's drummed in literally every band that I've ever liked. You know, Queens of Stone Age is one of them. Yep. I actually got to play a show with him uh, when I was doing some session work um, at fuck was it house of blues or something with uh scott wyland and wildabouts wow <clears throat> yeah rip but um that's I, I met him for the first time there he played that acrylic uh, q kit yeah um i loved him when he was uh he's drumming for bronx right now again one of my favorite all-time bands i and, uh, I've seen that he was he, he's jamming in the circle jerks now yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's an all around session drummer, and L.A. is a, the best spot for that guy to be, you know. And uh, when I seen got- him with Zach Sabbath, bro, his cymbals were so fucking clean, bro. Yeah. They were gleaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he plays a. I think he plays the A Customs and some K's every now and then. Yeah. Um, I keep up with that dude pretty, pretty uh, often. Uh, I love like- I love Queens of the Stone Age and and every subgenre of that stuff, dude. You know. Yeah, I think he was the the on Era Vulgaris. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's probably one of my favorite Queens records too. And now, nah, man, I look up to that guy because you know he's got the wife, the kids, and and he's still doing his drum drum shit and playing in multiple bands and and all that stuff. So that's goals, man. That's what goals. it's all about. How does yeah. that? How so? I'm like you. I mean, I I think you have a really good job. You have a nice career, and so do I. 
and it's probably really hard. It would probably be really hard to convince you to drop that and go full time rock and roll. So, how has it been for you to find the sweet spot in having a career and a life, and also being in a rock and roll band? Um, well, the good thing, you know, my career is probably going to be put on the shelf, and good thing I have a good shelf life. So that's all I got to say because it's going to be put on hold, man. Um, it, it's coming to a point now where I'm missing so much work and, and um, you know, for, for the band, which I'm not upset about at all. I mean, this is what I've always wanted to do and, and stuff like that. So, you know, there's always going to be ways to make a living, you know. No doubt. Locking in to a daily job is, I don't know, it, it's not necessary. You know, if you're if you're an artist, if you're a musician, anything like that, that I, I think it's hard to find that balance. But I mean, you can't let it kill your happiness because I'm so happy playing music and and doing this. And this is pretty much what I feel like I was born to do, you know, not clock in and work 40 hours a week. You know, that sucks. Yeah, no doubt, brother. I uh, Man, I'm about halfway through a 10 year plan right now, man. The reason I got into electricity is because. You can do electricity for about five years and then go out on your own, you know? Yeah. I want to be out on my own, be the master of my own destiny. I don't want to have to answer to other people, you know? Uh, Yeah. I want to play rock and roll, but I also have a life and a family to take care of, you know? And and I'm the same way, too. Yeah. Uh, And I was also on a 10-year track and halfway through that. Uh, Side note, I also work at a Volkswagen dealership, so I'm I'm running two jobs. Yeah, brother, you're a hustler, man. Yeah, two jobs. Uh, you family. sell those cars? Uh, no, man. I'm in the parts department. I don't have okay. to deal with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could sell stuff to people. I can barely fucking ask for money for my band. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, the hustle's real. It's there. Um, but I'm, think- I'm ready to take a break from the from the nine to five world and just focus on my music and perfect my craft even even more and take that even to the next level. And that's really what it takes, man, to yeah. – uh, you want to move forward, you got to keep focusing on your craft, dude. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For me, I have gotten to a point where I really enjoy the business side of music and yeah. prom- promoting and stuff. I just really love networking with people. I really love uh, discovering new things and how this scene works and who's the inner workings of this scene. It, it's It's almost as satisfying as playing music, you know, for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hear you. So it, I love every aspect of the music industry, man. Except for the part where they don't pay you. <laughs> we got, we'll, we'll pay you in, in two drink tickets and uh, mm-hmm. uh, exposure. Uh, that shit, yeah. that shit you die from. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. man. Hey Trey, man, I'm so proud of you guys, man. Y'all's music fucking rocks. You hooked up with the right fucking guy to record it. Uh, the, the sound wise, production wise, it fucking sounds fantastic, dude. And, uh, you, you guys have just been doing all the right things. Y'all been punching all the right buttons, man. And I just want to let you know, I'm proud of you guys, man. I appreciate that, dude. Hell yeah. I, uh, you know, I want to model myself around you. (laughs) Come on. Uh, you guys need to come out here to the West coast and we'll do a run of shows. Yeah, man, uh, I would really love to do that, I'd like, and soon. So we, like I said, we just got the van and we're ready to hit the road, man. We are ready to hit the road. That's awesome, man. Um, 
So I'll be at Ripple Fest in I hope August, you. and I wouldn't awesome. miss that, brother. I'm gonna come out there and support. And uh, what? So, how excited are you about Ripple Fest, man? Man, Ripple's gonna be. Oh man, I'm so excited. How involved was John in uh, setting this whole thing up? Uh, John is highly, highly involved. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think John's getting enough credit for this because he's he was the brains behind all this. He brought it up to uh, um, Ripple, and um, you know he's gotten some sponsors. And John is very, was is working very, very, very hard. Um, on Ripple Fest and you know adding bands and you know he's been very involved since the very beginning and I'd like to give him some credit on that because that dude's probably the hardest working guy I know right now in this in this area. I felt the same thing because when he was telling me about it before it kind of like blew up he was telling me about it it seemed like he was like super involved in kickstarting the thing and now that it's out and about it's yeah. like a lick of my spoon production or something like that, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of John, but I know everybody works together. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah everybody does, and you know. But if it wasn't for that dude's crazy idea, none of this would ever happen. So that's amazing, man. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that I've known John for a long time, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very industrious and super energetic. And I'm glad that he's found a group of guys where he can really put that to work and everybody's working together and you guys are just killing it, man. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm super happy and super stoked to be playing with these guys. And man, it's just the right place, right time. All the stars lined up where, you know, we could make this awesome sound that we're making, man. So I, I pre-ordered a blue splatter, man. Those are beautiful vinyls. Man, those are going quicker than we thought. Um, uh, what's the deal with the GoFundMe vinyls? I know a lot of a few people are asking about that too. I, I uh, pitched on a GoFundMe as well. Yeah, uh, good question. And a lot of people are, uh, you know, asking about the the stuff that they're supposed to receive. As far as the vinyl goes, um, we haven't even gotten that. So yeah. <laughs> that's going to be released on September seventeenth, I believe. So that's my as- that's my daughter's birthday, and also Daniel, my bass player's birthday. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. But as, as soon as we get those vinyls in our hands, um, I myself are going to hand deliver, you know, as many as I can locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll ship them out. Whoever, you know, purchased or whoever helped us out, get this thing kickstarted and paid for and all that good stuff. And yeah, so we're still going to stick to our guns and all that stuff. Um, it's just taking a lot longer than what we thought. There was a vinyl shortage, and oh yeah, the production and, is and the whole world is just, is fucked up. Yeah, right? the COVID really screwed everything up. But yeah. you know, um, yeah, we're still sticking by that, and we'll get everything out as soon as we get it in our hands. I started thinking about uh, launching a record label, man, and I really wanted to launch some of my own stuff on vinyl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, during this pandemic is when I started thinking about it. And the vinyl production is so fucked up that I just decided, nah, fuck it. I'll wait till the next release. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, dude, it must be a great feeling to see your stuff on vinyl, man. It is. This is, will, will be my second vinyl release. Um, so that's pretty. What's the first one? Cool. Uh, the the Fuss, P-H-U-S-S, on the prowl. Um was what the record's called. It would, we had a couple of different designs. One was uh, all clear uh, with the print on it. Um, 
and uh, that was produced or that was uh, released by Magnetic Eye Records out of uh, New York. And um, yeah, man, that's, I think there's still some still available. Well, shit, um, man. I'm through, um, through Magnetic one over there in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Trey, man, I'm so glad you came on here, dude. I don't want to hold you any longer, bro. I uh, I just want you to know that I fucking love you guys, dude, and y'all are killing it, and I'm proud of y'all, man. I appreciate those words, man, yeah. so much. And uh, I'll be down there in August. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. I'm looking forward to seeing Mothership and Wino, dude. Switchblade Jesus. I've been friends with those dudes for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great fucking show. It is, man. None of the, none of the bands suck, so it's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> All right, Trey. Well, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Yes, sir, man. You well, guys have a good one. Yeah, thank you very much, and I'll see you in August. All right, man. We'll see you around. Later. All right, bye. All right, I want to give a special thank you to Trey from Holy Death Trio. Be on the lookout for their album, Introducing. It's going to be coming out September 17th, which is also my daughter's birthday. So, very cool, very cool. I got the perfect gift picked out for her. Today's music spot is going to be Red Beard Wall. This song is called Tap. It's from his new album, Three, which is out on Desert Records now. And, uh... I will see you guys later on this week.